this morning to be in God's house and very, very grateful and thankful that we're here this morning. We're going to ask Zach to open us in prayer. Sister Kenya had a birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. And many more. Thank you. Amen, Jack. All right, just a real quick, because it sounded like the singing was kind of more up here than back there. Is everybody back there live? <laughs> I, got, I got a big spread here live. How about the rest of you? Okay. An amen would go a long way. I'm fine, Brother Gig. You're going to have to start pushing. All right. Give me a good amen on count of three. One, two, three. Amen. There you go. See? Now I'm smiling here. That's the way it works.
and 66.
in your blue book if you want to look at it. Yeah. What is it? Oh, the glory did roll. We're going to do all oh, the glory did roll. Page 52. 52.
by my side, he's always stood. And through it all, God's been good. Amen. Good job. tell you this morning that raising our children to love and honor, respect, and worship the Lord is the most valuable thing that you can do. And you want to know why churches don't get filled up unless they've got some type of entertainment they don't go to church anymore for God they go to be entertained if you ain't got the right kind of entertainment they don't show up I'm not an entertainer now I'm thanking God today that I am a container I want to be a vessel of honor one that God can use. Father, this morning, have your way. You've already been filled. Your presence is known. So we're asking you, God, just continue. In Jesus' name. My kids were born one day of the week. I'm not positive, but I think that David was born on a Wednesday. Kayla, I think, was born on a Thursday. And I'm not sure, but Mariah was born on a Wednesday again. Now, I may be wrong on that. I don't remember what day it was, but I remember the day they were all born. December 30th, August 28th, and May 19th. Those are important days in my life because that's the day that God granted me children. My kids were but a few days old. Saving David, he was a week old. But the girls, they were just a few days old when we showed up from church after Mama had delivered. And by the grace of God that they had been in church almost every Sunday from that time forward. There were days when we were sick. I have to admit there was probably a time or two in service we missed on a Sunday night. Because we were lazy. 
But other than that, they've been brought up going to church. Church was not an option. It was a requirement. Not because we required it, because we believed God required it. And we loved it. We would get up on Sunday morning and we'd fight like cats and dogs. And we'd go to church. And on the way home, we would fight like cats and dogs. We would eat lunch, take a nap if there was time, get up and go to church. And we would come home again. The devil never bothered us as much on Sunday night as he did on Sunday morning. Now, I don't know why that was, but it just seemed to be the way that it was, you know. Maybe it was more stressful trying to wake up on Sunday morning than it was to get ready to go already on Sunday evening. You've done been there once, so you've done fought half the battle. Going back wasn't too bad. But I can tell you this. The devil didn't want us in church. He didn't want our kids in church. He still don't want us in church. And he still don't want our kids in church. And you showed up this morning for a special event, a, a dedication service. And then I will say this. Maybe, just maybe, the devil didn't fight you too bad to get here today because he didn't think much would happen. But can I tell you that I've done felt enough of God this morning. That if I was to leave this building and go somewhere else, I wouldn't feel like I'd been cheated a bit. But there's more to be said. And I want to do my best to say it this morning. And I want to just say this. If you are here today, would you make sure that you put the world outside? Because what I've got to say does not apply to Zach, Mariah, Jacob, and Caleb only. But all of us. Let me start off in Ephesians chapter 6. Got your Bibles? Go over there. We'll read verse 4. We got a few verses to go through this morning. We'll cover them all with God's help. We'll take a short time, but we'll get it done. First off, let's start with this. The Bible tells us that the dad, the man, is to be the head of the house. Now that doesn't mean he is a dictator. It means he's a leader. He's responsible for the spiritual attitude, atmosphere, in leadership of the home. You say, Brother Ernie, that's not what it's found right here. No, it's not. But can I tell you this? Dad, your attitude is reflected in your children. If you get up fighting mama, they will get up fighting mama too. If you get up with an attitude of, I really don't want to go to church this morning, then they're going to get the attitude of, well, Dad doesn't want to go. I don't want to go. And by the way, I'm going to tell you something. The Bible is clear on this matter, not abstract. In verse 4 of chapter 6, it says this, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture 
and admonition of the Lord. Now, to nurture means to care. You need to bring them up that they care about God. You, you know, the Bible tells us there's a generation that forgets God. And, and, and I always thought about this. I thought, you know what? That generation's got to be the generation after me. But really, I'm looking back and I'm thinking it's more like the generation I'm in or the one before me. Forgetting things about God, forgetting about God. God's not valuable. God's not important. Now, I'm valuable and I'm important and what I want's great and wonderful and all that. But God, he's just a secondary issue. If God's not primary in your life, your life will never be right. It's not going to be right. You're going to be voided. You're going to be empty. You're going to be looking for things. And I will just tell you this. As a man of 52 years of age, and I know I'm not the oldest in the building, but praise God, I'm not the youngest. I'm too old to be young and too young to be old, and if you'll listen up, it won't matter how old I am. But I'm 52 years of age, and I realize this today, that I need more of God than I've ever needed in my life. Yeah. And I'm not done being a dad. I'm not done being a leader, spiritually speaking. I'm not done teaching my children, whether they're my children or my grandchildren, is immaterial. I am not done teaching them because God has left me here for a little time longer. And I need to raise my children to care about God, to care about the Word of God. Can I, can I just tell you something this morning, church? Let me just let me say this, and you may disagree with me, and you go ahead and do that, but, but the way you treat your Bible is shows a lot about your attitude towards God. See, this is God's holy word. It, it's not a book. It's not a doorstop. It's not a sunblock. It's not a rain block. It's the word of God. By it, you and I know how to live and exist in this life and how we can faithfully walk and follow after God. We can do all the right things if we just follow Him and do His will and proclaim His name. It's no great thing this morning to think about what life is supposed to be like. We just need to depend on the Lord. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, you want to wait back, back there just a little ways. Deuteronomy chapter 6, we'll start in verse 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commands you. Command, now look at this, commanded you to teach you. That you might do them in the land whether thou goest to possess it. Thou mightest be... Excuse me, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy sons and thy sons' sons, all the days of thy life and the days that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do that with, excuse me, that it may be well with thee and that, they, that ye may increase mightily as the Lord God of thy fathers has promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. 
And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand. And thou shalt be a frontlet before between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the ports or posts of thine house and on thy gates. Now, now just think about this for just a second here. God started out and we thought he was going to tell us about the law and the commandments and the sacrifice and all that. No, he's telling us this. We need to realize he is the only way there is. And he is the God that will bless the same as he is the God that will curse. He's the God that will lift up the same as he is the God that will judge. See, he's the God who will take us to heaven or he's the God who will let us go to hell. Now, now I said let us because I'm going to tell you something. You and I are the ones who make the choice of our destination. God is willing to take us to heaven. He sent his son Jesus Christ to die on Calvary's cross so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins, could live a life and walk with him diligently daily. And I'm just saying having a good time while we do it, not because we're tied up in the world, but because we're lifted up in the Father and we're going forth in the Son and rejoicing in the Holy Ghost. Now, if you just stick with me for a minute, I want you to think about this. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. I wonder how many of us teach our children the Word of God the same as we teach them how to do other things. I mean, I, I, I just, be honest with you, church, do we spend as much time teaching our kids about Jesus as we do teaching them how to hunt or to fish or to cook or to sew or to shop or to watch TV, how, how to play sports, how to just go through life. I mean, you just stop and think about it this way. I've done told our church enough times, and if you've been around here any time, I've, I've made a miserable mess of being a dad a lot of ways there. But I will honestly tell you this one thing. I tried my best to do is show them that God was important, and I didn't show them good enough. But I hope I'm doing a better job now. I want my grandbabies to know how valuable God is. And I, and I will say this. My kids know this all so well. I'm going to let them discipline them babies the way that they feel they ought to. You know, I, and, and I'll bite my tongue and I'll go to the other room if I have to because they're grandbabies, right? They got a little bit, little bit more specialness in the attitude of discipline, you know? But they need to be disciplined. The Bible says, spare the rod you spoil the child. I'll cover some verses of that in just a second. But they need to be disciplined. Grandparents need to discipline their grandbabies. I mean, there's nothing wrong with telling them. And little Everly, she'll tell you, Papa's gave me a whooping. You know? And sometimes I tell Nana, you need to whoop her a little harder. Or maybe you need to whoop her now. Instead of waiting until later on and let Mom and Daddy talk to her about it. But when we look at things here, listen, tell me. We, we need to diligently teach our grandchildren about Jesus and about God and the value of that. And if mom and daddy ain't doing it, 
Nana and Papa need to do it. Come on now. If mom and daddy ain't showing them how to love Jesus, Nana and Papa need to be showing them. And Nana and Papa need to take mom and daddy out to the woodshed and tell them, listen here. You may be grown up, you may be big, you may think you got it all, but these babies need to know Jesus, and if you ain't going to do it, I'm going to do it. Oh, we'll teach them how to hunt and fish, and we'll teach them how to do sports, we'll teach them how to shop, we'll teach them how to do all the things we like to do, but what about teaching them how to love Jesus? and serve Jesus, and honor God, to teach them diligently. Why? Because listen to me, if I can't get my stubborn kids to get out of bed, and go to church, and show up for Jesus, so that they'll raise their kids the right way, then I'll do everything I can to make sure my kids, grandkids get up, and want to go to church, and bug them to death till they get there. I've heard my nieces and nephews say, well mom and daddy won't take us to church. I said, beg them. Bug them. Don't let them sleep. Well, I'm just too tired. Mommy and daddy's in bed. It's been rough. It's been tough. I'm not going to deny things are not easy when you got kids. I'll be honest with you. I don't remember all the nights that we spent awake. I don't remember all the days that we stayed there because they were sick and all that stuff. I, you know, you get past those bad times, just focus on the good time, and those things just kind of diminish off there. But can I tell you something, church? Children don't beg their parents because parents don't care. And they pick up the attitude of the child. Or the parent, the child does. The love of God is not written in our hearts the way that it ought to be. Can I just tell you this morning, I, I'm thankful for all that God has done in my life, and I wish to be this morning that I was a better parent so that my kids could have seen a better example. But like I said, I'm not done raising them yet. I'm not done influencing them yet. I'm going to be there to encourage them. I'm going to be there to get after them. I'm going to be there to, to, to provoke them. Not to wrath, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell them, you've got to get in there. Listen to me very carefully this morning. The responsibility we oftentimes say, well, you know, they've got to raise their children the way that they see fit. And I, I don't disagree with that to some aspect, but we're raising a generation of children that don't think that God is any more important than anything else that they don't like that much. And that everything that they love is far more important because they don't love God the way that they ought to love God. And they're not servants and they're not willing to serve and they want to be entertained instead of be worshipers. God, my Bible tells me that God seeketh such to worship Him. He wants them to worship Him in truth and sincerity. And you and I are supposed to be training our children, as it said there, Proverbs 22 and verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And we all will sit back and say, well, I brought my kids up in church. I, brought, I, I took them to church uh, uh, on Sunday. I took them to church on Wednesday. We went to revivals and so forth. Hey, can I tell you something? I just said this a while ago. My kids have been in church 
since just a few days after they were born and when they were at home we went to church every Sunday every Wednesday every day uh, we went to revivals and stuff I mean we were in church uh, probably a far I, I don't know what the percentage would be but I would dare say the number of times we were not you could count them up pretty easily and figure out that we was not in church there but listen to me the Bible didn't say show them how to get to church It said, train them up. Show them Jesus. Show them the Word of God. Show them what it is to be a worshiper. Show them what it is to be a servant. Show them what it is to love the Word of God. Show them what it is to love to sing songs. See, we, we think a song, if it doesn't have the right beat, uh, doesn't do much. But can I tell you this morning, I, you could sing uh, all kinds of songs, but let me just say this, there's nothing can wash away my sins but the blood of Jesus. And that, that song ought to ring out of our lips just as loud as any other song that we could sing in any church. But it don't ring as loud as other songs because it don't have the right beat. It don't have the right rhythm. It don't have the right this. But can I tell you, it has the right words. It has the right words. I love to listen to my girls sing. I love to listen to my son sing. They'd write songs about Jesus. When they was little, they'd gather in David's room and they would bang on pots and pans and sing songs. I remember my kids get on the stage and they'd sing, God's not dead. I feel him in my hands. When's the last time you felt God in your hands? Come on, church. You want to know why church is getting older instead of younger? It's because we don't feel God no more. I feel him in my feet. Oh, I feel him. I feel him in my heart. I want my grandbabies to see that Papa feels the Lord's presence. You got a feeling, Mom and Dad. He ain't something you can talk about. He's something you feel. When you feel him, you won't help but talk about him. You'll teach your children diligently. He'll be real to you. He he won't be a sidestep. He won't be an afterthought. He won't be a once a week thing. He won't be a service only. He, He won't be... He won't be a, a, you know, a special time. He'll be the special time. He'll be every time. He'll be everything to you. You'll want to be around him. And you'll tell your kids, say, hey, shh. <laughs> Try to learn about Jesus.
teach them diligently. Proverbs 23, 12 says, Apply thy heart into instruction and thine ears to the words of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Apply thy heart unto instruction, thine ears unto the words of knowledge. Now, now, Here's my failure as a dad. I didn't read my Bible the way I should it to my children. Jacob, Zach, name just left me, brother. Logan, Ryan, don't make my mistake. Read that Bible to your babies. Other dads, you still got children at home. Read that Bible to your babies. You say, well, my kids ain't babies no more. Read it anyways. Don't make my mistake. See, I, I told you, I took my babies to church. <laughs> but I didn't read my Bible to my babies the way I should have. Take your babies in prayer in God. Don't make my mistake. Not lead them babies in prayer every day. Oh, Bible says confession's good for the soul. I ain't got long enough to confess to y'all my problems. I'm just telling you this morning, this, this book, your Bible needs to be read to your babies. You need to sit down with your babies and pray. Don't just take them to church, but show them who God is in your life. It's more valuable and more important than you could ever realize. Don't teach your children to be entertained. Teach your children to be vessels. Vessels of honor. I want to be God's container. I want him to be able to pour as much into me as he possibly can. And I wish I'd have shown my children how to grow. And be a better vessel. A better container. With not hold, or withhold not correction from the child. For if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shall deliver his soul from hell. Oh, I know there's some liberal people out there that says, Oh, you can't beat your children. 
Can I tell you, if I'd have whooped them more in love, they'd have been a little stronger. If I'd have whooped the people around them a little more, they'd have been a little stronger. We don't fight the outside off the way that we should. You realize that your kids will grow up, and, and then I will just say this. If you send your children off to public school, they'll grow up with people telling your kids that you can't discipline them. And you can't force them to do anything they don't want to do. Then they'll teach them that they come from monkeys. They'll teach them that premarital sex is all right. And there's no harm in dilly-dallying around with a few things here and there. And you'll say, well, you know what? They know better than that. I take them to church. But if all they see is the place you take them, you're not teaching them. The world's teaching them. You got to do it diligently, church. Parents, moms, dads. I'm going to jump down here just a little bit because I think there's some things that need to be said this morning and I've got five minutes to say it. Dad, your, your children will see the way you treat their mama and that will determine how they feel about her. She is not your slave. She's your wife. She's the other part of your flesh. The Bible says, For this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. You get that? Cleave unto her. Now she is the most important human being in this walk of life. She is primary to every other human being you'll run into. I love my wife more than I love my kids, and my kids will tell you that because I've told them plainly enough. I love her more than I love my grandbabies. She takes second fiddle to nobody outside of God. So when it comes to human beings, I didn't love my wife the way that I should have when I started out. But over the years, I've learned to love her. She's either going to be valuable or she's not. You was to walk outside in the driveway and you was to pick up a $5 bill and you hadn't ate for three, three, four, five days. 
you wouldn't think, boy, I've got something to eat lunch on today. You would think, what can my wife do with this? What does she need? Can I tell you the value you put on your wife is the value your children will place upon her. The Bible says that you are to love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. My wife says, I need something. I say, go get it. My wife says, I want something. But then reason, I say, go get it. I may think I need something, but if I ain't got it, and she needs it, she can get it. I'll go without. But now let me tell you something else. Since I've done beat on your dads for a minute. Before I close though, if you don't love your wife like Christ loved the church, you're failing your family. Wives, You are to reverence your husband. You are to submit to your husband. Oh, we don't like those words, Pastor. That's why the church body, so to say today, not, not the church of Christ, not the church body that's born in Jesus, but the, the church today and the world today, that's why everybody's falling apart and everything's going down towards hell instead of going up towards heaven. We don't like those words. He cannot be the spiritual leader he's supposed to be if you're not willing to follow his leadership. We, don't, we need to respect. We, we say respect. Well, respect is what we give when we think somebody gives us what we want. The funny thing about the Bible, it didn't say that he had to do everything right. It said that you were supposed to do your part. He's supposed to do his part. And you can't pray for him if you're not doing your part. You can't encourage him if you're not doing your part. And I'm just going to tell you just like it is this morning, your children will respect your husband, your dad, their father, their dad, earthly dad, their earthly father with a little F there if you want to talk about the scripture wise. But they will respect him the way you do. Oh, daddy won't know about it. But the father did. We don't have to tell daddy everything. The father did. Can I be honest with you? We expect our children to be different than what we are. Because we think we did our part. We took them to church. I said it once and I'll say it again. And I want you to mark this down and you prove me wrong if you can. There has never been two people totally so in love with God as a married couple. So in love with God that God was everything in their life that one day they woke up and decided to get a divorce. It's 
somebody was letting down on their part in the relationship with God. I'm telling you. How do you know, Brother Ernie? Because I asked my wife for a divorce. Six months into our marriage. Now let me tell you something. She didn't give me one. You know what she did? At church service, sitting on the inside of me, she took me by the hand, pushed me out into the aisle, and we went to the altar. And ever since then, we've been fighting Dale, the, the, the devil in hell for our marriage. And I've learned how to love her, and she's learned how to love me. And the devil don't stand a chance. Two people in love with God will not get a divorce. Matter of fact, they'll fight tooth and nail to make sure that the word doesn't even come out of their mouths. And dads... When things get wrong, instead of running out of the house and going out to the friend's place or out to your man cave or, or whatever it is, and instead of doing those things, we'll say, well, I just had to get away. Maybe you just need to fall down on your knees and start praying to God. Mamas need to do the same things. Don't expect your children to be any different than you are. That's why it pains me to think how poor of a daddy I was. But I praise God today that I'm doing a better job. And I'm trying to show them, still trying to show them. I tell you, a real man knows his heirs. So does a real woman. Godliness is not what you enforce, it's what you live. We call this baby dedication, but I'm going to tell you what I call it, a parent's responsibility. Time and time again, I've asked God, forgive me. This morning I was praying and I said, God, would you... I've, I've come to you so many times and asked you to forgive me. And I know you've forgiven me. But the devil just won't let me forget.
So now, God, if I can't forget it, use it for your glory. But I can tell folks while I wasn't what I should have been. God forgave me, and he's making me what I ought to be. Because what I was is not what I am. And I've not yet attained to what I'll be. But by the grace of God, one day I'll leave this walk of life and I'll get there. But if I'll do my part, God will do His part. You're responsible, dads. Take that responsibility as if it was given to you by God Himself face to face and you'll begin to see God through His Word face to face. I love it when I can see Him smile. I hate it when I see Him frown. Mamas, love your husbands. Don't fight them. Encourage them. Pray for them. Husbands, pray for your wives. Don't fight them. Pray for them. Pray for your children together, your grandbabies together. Become a body. thought about this the other day. I'm closing. Families, moms, dads, childrens, they become groups. Instead of families, bodies. The church today is supposed to be a family and it's a it's a group. Supposed to be a body. The church is not a body because the family's not a body. The family is what makes up the body. Remember, the Bible says, For this cause a husband shall leave his father and mother and cleave us to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh, means they're one body. They're one body in Christ. Outside of Christ, you're individuals. You're not a body. You want to be a body? You've got to be in Christ. The church wants to be a body? It has to be in Christ. Nothing else matters. And I know the Bible is true. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, But seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God's promise is this. You put Him first. The most valuable, the most precious, the most time-worthy,
And He'll give you everything else that you really need in life. If we fail God, we will fail our children. We fail our grandchildren. Don't fail. We just end this morning. I don't do this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to ask Kayla and Jacob and Zach and Mariah to come up here and bring all your babies. Logan, if you and Laura want to, you can come. Ryan, Brianna, if you want to, you can come. Any other moms and dads got babies here today, kids, grown-ups, you won't bring them up here, you come up here. You guys don't have to face them. I, I want you to just line up right through here, right here, right here. My heart breaks. For the failure. That we've had in our lives. The mistakes that I've made in my life. As a dad. As a husband. granddad, a pastor, as a friend, as a brother. And we say it all the time, don't make the same mistakes we made. And then we say, well, you got to make your own mistakes. If anybody in this church, if you could just look at anybody and say, I don't want to be what he was. Look at me and say that. I don't want to be what he was. Not what I am, but what he was. But if I could look at you and I could say anything, I would say this, please, please be more than what I am. Please, love God harder. Trust Him more. These babies that you're holding are too valuable. 
not to put everything you've got in showing them who Jesus is and what he means. How valuable he's he's not a he's not an afterthought. He's got to be a primary. He's got to be everything. Or he becomes nothing. Father, today, I've asked these young couples to come with their babies. God, I'm asking you to do what nobody else can do. And God, I pray, Father, bind them so close to you that nothing can come between them. God, God, so close to you that, that as a grandparent, I, I could only encourage them, influence them, but God, I could never, never come between them. God, may my daughters always choose their husbands over everybody else. May Laura and Brianna always choose their husbands over everybody else. And may these men choose them over everybody else. And may they as a couple choose you over everything else. And everybody else. Because God, we need you more today than we've ever needed you in our lives. You've got to become everything. Because if not, Lord, you become nothing. And God, we can't afford that. So touch them and bless them. We ask you, Father, this today in Jesus' precious holy name. And amen. Amen. I love y'all. As if you saw part of what I, this body, and my family. Now I'm going to ask us to do one more thing. This is how we're dismissing today.